and welcome back to the Winging It podcast, how to build, maintain and totally own a career that you love. I'm Lucy Hitchcock and I want to help business owners and career women learn something new and build a life around a career that makes you happy. When you want to start your own business, it can be really difficult, especially if you're starting without investment like most of us. You'll need to leave your full-time job at some point if you have bigger dreams for your business, but we all have bills to pay. So how can you leave your full-time job to make your side hustle a full-time thing? I'm sure you all know my story of how I left my full-time job by now. If you don't, make sure you go back and listen to the first episode of the podcast. This week, I'm sitting down with Elizabeth Stiles, who also left her full-time job to follow her passion as a fashion brand consultant. And so we're talking all about what it's like to leave your full-time job for a full-time hustle. If you're listening to this on your phone, make sure you get the best experience by downloading the Entel app. Entel is an interactive podcast platform that combines the best of audio storytelling with the richness of the web. So this means you'll be able to follow links, view images, follow people on social and much more by just tapping your phone. The music for this podcast is epic, I know. It's been provided by The Edit Album, a curation of copyright-free music for creatives. Our listeners get 25% off with the code SASSY25 and I'll leave the link in the description box or if you're listening on Entel, you'll be able to click the link now. So I am sat with the lovely Elizabeth Stiles. Hi. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Um, So I always start off by asking people, who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm Elizabeth and I'm a fashion brand consultant. You can tell you're looking very stylish today. Oh, thank you. I don't feel it. (laughs) I feel like I've just rolled out of bed. Um, And I work with independent businesses with regards to their sourcing, costings, pricing, design, trends, manufacturing. Um, So my background is in fashion buying and sourcing as well. So I have worked for Next, Miss Selfridge and Asda. And then when I was at a supplier, I also was the account manager for Urban Outfitters, Warehouse, New Look, River Island. So, yeah. All the big high street All the big boys. people, yeah. And then Amazing. I sort of had an epiphany one day that I was like, I don't want to be working all these hours for these people anymore. I want to be working for myself and... It was like a quite a long process. I say it was an epiphany, but it was probably after about two years of reading books and listening to podcasts and like, you know, dipping my toe in the water. And I was like, I just couldn't figure Slow out. Epiphany. Yeah, like how I could do it, I guess, because when you've had one career for 12 years, you kind of just assume that that's it for you that's really interesting you say that because I was actually sat next to a girl on the plane the other day Mm. weirdly on my way back from LA and we got chatting over (laughs) I ordered a gin and tonic (laughs) and she said oh I'm sat by myself but I'm gonna order a wine and then we started chatting obviously bonding over alcohol yeah and she was saying like she's been working for I don't know maybe 10 years um as a PA and she's been like thinking for ages like I want to do something else I want to work for myself but I don't know what I want to do so yeah I think a lot of people do exactly the same as you did and, mm-hmm. and she what she'll probably end up doing something very similar to what she does but just in a different format and I listened to another podcast called um Grow With Soul with Kate Ferris and she oh, yeah. uh, always says like people and feel like they hate their job but they don't hate what they do they hate the way they do it if that makes sense oh so I thought I was like I'm fed up of fashion I want to try something else but it wasn't that I was fed up with fashion I was fed up with the the process of which I was doing it I just wanted to do it in a different way and also I felt like it was getting a little bit um not soul destroying but like just a bit (laughs) (laughs) not totally soul destroying destroying, but like just a bit empty and I was like is there a way of doing fashion but also feeding my soul a little bit yeah um and I thought well maybe I can help people grow their fashion brands and then I'll be helping people and doing fashion and then that's where it came does it feel great to wake up in the morning and go I'm doing me today yes yeah and I do feel like very lucky when I 
think my commute used to be an hour and a half into London, an hour and a half out on a good day. And now my commute is like one minute to my spare bedroom <laughs> with my cat. And I'm like, yes, this is what I wanted. Oh, and then, amazing. Yeah, and then coming to London for stuff like this, which is more fun rather than just... Uh. I worked from home on Monday, as you say, yesterday and the day before. And I was like, oh. Wish I was in London today. Yeah, sometimes. I love coming into London. Yeah, somebody said to me before, if you get bored of London, you're bored of life. I could never get bored of London. Yeah. I always say this. this is probably gonna, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I sit on the train and everyone looks so grumpy. And I sit on the train and I'm like, guys, we're going to London today. Isn't that <laughs> exciting? And everyone's like, she's in the honeymoon period. <laughs> yeah. Or she doesn't come every day. It's going to wear off soon. And yeah. I'm just sat there with like, a massive smile on my face. <laughs> So, what is your career story from the beginning? So, like, what was your very first job? What did you study? Then what did you go on to do? Yeah. So, I feel very lucky that I always knew I wanted to work in fashion, probably from the age of, like, four or five, like, super early. Wow. And at one point, it was like, is it costume? Is it, like, colour? Is it trend prediction? Like, I didn't really know specifically what it was, but I just knew it was in fashion, and I had to figure it out but I can't draw so I think I was thinking hmm you can't else? draw or you can draw badly no I can't draw oh. at all yeah and I thought can you work in fashion if you can't draw I don't know what I could do um so I studied textiles at school and it was then that I started researching about what to do after school so I just thought what what am I going to do at uni do I have to go to college do I have to go to university I'm not very academic I'm sort of torn in between the two things and one of my values I guess is educating people about the fact that there's somewhere in between poor starving artist and high-flying businesswoman and there is somewhere in the middle that you can meet like obviously you're in the creative industry um but doing well and I think there's this like black hole almost in the middle of poor starving artist and high oh, flying businesswoman. We've all been the bottom end of the scale, we've been the middle end of the scale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've done a fair share amount of hours on a shop floor and um I just think, oh I dunno. I wanted to figure out what that was and then I sort of stumbled across fashion buying and I thought, oh, I can do this because it's about trend prediction. It's about range building. There's costings involved. There's doing lots of different things and being in touch with lots of different departments in one business. Um, but you don't have to draw, which is fine. Is you it like just... the scene from Devil Wears Prada where they wheel in the big um, thing of clothes and they pick out the blue dress with the belt? <laughs> yeah. And she laughs in the corner. <laughs> yes. It's that I've... Yeah, I've had a few Devil Wears Prada jobs as well, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I studied fashion retail buying for three years and then won my job at Next from doing a competition and got some what? work experience. Yeah, they were like, oh, you've won this competition, you can come and join us for work experience. And then they oh, said, actually, uh, we really need somebody to join a full-time job. And I said... How fab. Yeah, OK. <laughs> but it was in Leicester and... I was due to come home after uni, so I sort of rang my boyfriend and was like, I'm going to be staying up here for a little longer, and um, ended up staying there for five years. Isn't it how fun- funny how things just fall into place like that, though? I know, yeah, especially when you're not almost expecting it, and it just sort of hits you in the yeah. face, and I thought, I can't turn down a job straight from uni. Oh my gosh, I yeah. I just have to go for it. And their training is incredible as well, so it's a really good place to start. And then, obviously, after five years, I was like, I need to come back home. Um, and got a job in Arcadia in London. And that was the Devil Wears Prada one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only stayed there for a year. And then went back up to Leicester to work at Georgia Asda as in buying for oh. kidswear. So I've done women's and kids. And it was when I was there that one of my suppliers got in touch with me and said... Um, we're looking for an account manager I always hire ex-buyers because you're the person talking to the buyer and so you therefore know what they want and I was like yeah okay like come meet you and I stayed there for another like four years and then that company set up their own brand called New Girl Order um, which is only like a year or two old now and it was there that I thought oh my god this is really hard setting up a brand I wonder how many other people 
are, are finding it difficult. And yeah, I put some messages out into Facebook groups saying, oh, I'm setting up this brand. It's really difficult. Is anyone else finding it difficult? And I have all this experience um, and loads of people got in touch. And I thought, if you, if I know the answers to some of your questions, then it could be chargeable. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. this could be my out. And it just all, like you said earlier, it just all fell into place. And um, I left there in September 2018 and I've looked back. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Oh, ima- yeah, I mean, it's hard to start any brand. I actually work with a lot of fashion brands mm. and they come to me and ask me questions. I'm like, I don't know why you're asking me. I just built your website. <laughs> yeah, well, you can send them on to They're me like, now. They're like, Lucy will know the answer. I'm like, <laughs> no. Why? Yeah, I know. I've worked with a PR company before and they said that. They said, I don't suppose you know any factories or I don't suppose you know how much this should cost. And they're like, you've hired me for PR and that is it like if you need any advice other than that then go and speak to Elizabeth and there isn't really anybody that you can direct them to so it was quite handy being that person oh amazing well now I have a new contact (laughs) yeah so when we spoke about you coming on to do the podcast we I mean I think we've it, by the sounds of it we both had a fairly similar sort of journey into kind of doing our own thing mm. um so one of the things that we wanted to talk about was obviously the safety of a full-time salary and then having a little side hustle whether that's I don't know you're doing e-commerce or you're a service-based business um how do you actually leave the full-time Salary, yeah, for something a little bit more unstable. (laughs) Yeah, there was a huge amount of mindset work. I think it wasn't necessarily the practical side of things. I could, because I am quite practical anyway. I could like think if I want to earn the same amount of money, what is it per month? And if I charge this amount per hour, what does that break down to? In how many clients I need? Is that enough? Is that workable? Do I therefore need to put my prices up? How am I going to find them? Like all that stuff came okay to me, I guess. And I understand, I understood that I needed to be spending about half my time marketing myself, uh, going to events, joining groups. Like we were in the coven and then met in other little groups popping up around the uh, Facebook I'm part of so many Facebook groups. Same. And whenever I see people starting a business, I'm always like, join lots of Facebook groups because... I mean, that's Facebook almost how, so good. how I started mine. I put messages into Facebook groups and they're also private. And I knew that the people in my company would not be part of a Facebook group. Yeah. Rather and than it's... putting it on my Instagram being like, hi, I'm looking to do this and tell the yeah. world. It's more of like a closed community where your friends, you know, your friends aren't going to be in it. Yeah. And you yeah. know that people aren't going to talk about what you've spoken about outside of it which yes. I think is really nice as well everyone's super supportive yeah especially if you join the right ones so yeah definitely and you get a vibe and you can join them I, I joined loads and then sort of like came out of the ones that I felt weren't really for me yeah so then I was more invested in the ones that are um so yeah I could, the money mapping side of things I figured out how many clients I would need based on how much I would pay per hour and so did you do this all while you were still in full time yeah and, and I didn't tell anybody so that's a very intelligent thing to do <laughs> I did not do any of that <laughs> I just kind of kept it all to myself and I thought I don't want to tell anyone because again in fashion you sometimes don't know who you can trust even like (laughs) the it's such a it's tiny 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 little world that you can tell one person it'll get back to somebody and three companies away and I was like no I'm just going to keep this one to me yeah and I didn't even really tell my friends what I was thinking of doing I just it was in Facebook literally because they're like my online friends you know that I weirdly actually I think when you and I mean I love all my friends pieces but weirdly Mm. when you decide to go and do your own thing and actually luckily none of my friends were like this but I have had people say to me before like oh I went and started my own thing and people are like oh what makes you think you can do that and it's like yeah or oh my my uncle tried that once and it didn't work yeah and (laughs) you're like oh and you hear your uncle doesn't do the same thing as me (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) or oh, are you sure you want to do that? Because this could happen. Or, and it's almost like the people closest to you have your best interests at heart. And yeah. it can sometimes... Scares them. 
that yeah. you might be doing something risky that you maybe you haven't thought about completely. Yeah, or you're doing what they want to do, so they'll project their worries or ambitions onto you that like that or their lack of ambition I don't know there was all of this going on I was like it all feels a bit too close and cozy so but the girls in the on Facebook had already done it or were thinking of doing it and they were like yeah go for it go for it go for it and that that felt more comfortable to align myself with that yeah yeah obviously um so then so you said it was about two years between yes Oh my gosh. I know. And I think it started off with... can actually go really quickly though. Yeah, I, it doesn't feel like it was a long time actually. Looking back, I started selling notebooks online because I thought, oh, I'm bored of fashion. Maybe I should try something else. It, it made me realise like how to build a website, how to run a business on Instagram, how to meet people, how to go to a networking event, how to have an excuse to speak to somebody. And it was like under this pretense of notebooks, I guess. But it was a very cheap practice run at running my own business. That's cool. Yeah, it was... I I didn't mean it to work out like that. It's just what I felt was right at the time. And I just, just wanted to try something else. And, you know, like speaking to a social media manager like as a human on my own there was no reason to speak to somebody like that but because I was selling these notebooks I was like oh can you help me with this or can you help me with that and you'd be surprised at how much people actually do want to help you once you actually ask I know and I think I think this might be a British thing Mm. because we have this thing where it's like oh can you ask and I used to be like this um until I met um, someone that I now work with on um, another business, but she basically taught me that if you don't, if you don't like network and you don't talk to people and you yeah. don't ask, you're not going to get, you're not going to get anywhere and you're not going to get the results that you want. Yeah, and it's a very British thing to go like, oh no, no, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to associate myself just in case something goes wrong or, mm-hmm. um, but actually like connecting people together I love connecting people that I know or if someone asks me for a favour or someone talks about I don't know they're looking for new notebooks I'm like I'll always be like oh I actually know someone that does that do you want me to put you in touch with (laughs) them and Um, that you get like a little buzz that you've done your good deed for the day and they're happy the person that's getting the business is happy and exactly it all works out I think you have to kind of overcome that social anxiety that a lot of people have and I know a lot Mm. of people do get it but once you start just dip your toe and just ask for something really small I have found this before it said even if you just ask your boyfriend to go and get your drink from the kitchen and then he does it and you're like ooh what else could I do (laughs) but just give me another (laughs) (laughs) yeah fetch me this but they said you'll be surprised but just start asking for really really tiny things and then when you start seeing people do it or they don't do it and you learn how to ask in a different way rather than saying can you help me build my website or something that's like massive yeah also I think I think it's one of those things as well that actually I think we're taught that if you ask someone for a favor they should do something back yeah Mm. you you then owe them a favor when actually I literally I do people favors all the time and I never expect anything back for it and I think you kind of have to get in that mindset because if you do favors for other people come back your way anyway even if it's not the same person yes I definitely definitely agree with that and I've done it before like um I've sent a few people to a copywriter and Ah. she then I wanted to email somebody, but I was like, I'm really scared about how to write it. I sound like I'm about five years old. Can you do it? For, or can I draft it? And you, I'll pay you to, to sort it out for me. And she was like, you cannot pay me. You've sent so much business my way. I'll just do it for free. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, this is great. And, you know, I didn't expect anything back from sending that business her way. But then, it, like you say, it just paid off like a year later for yeah. something completely different. But it was quite nice. But also, like, an email like that, for example, it probably takes her, like, what, five minutes? I know, yeah. And it, I would have spent hours, like, messing writing, around with it. Writing, and, yeah. yeah. And also, going back to the social anxiety thing as well, I saw something on the way here that was talking about resistance. And, like, I'm going to this networking event tonight, and all of the train home, I was just thought, oh, I'd rather just sit on the sofa. 
I'd rather just go home. Oh Can I be bothered no. to go? And no. yeah, I know. And it's almost it's the resistance that's stepping outside of your comfort zone, meeting new people, putting yourself out there. And it's your body will try and shut you down. And it will go, oh, you're really tired tonight. Maybe you should just go home. Or maybe you should just go make dinner. Maybe you should just watch Netflix. That will be so much easier. But you've got to understand that that's resistance in your mind from Mm. trying to keep you safe. And then going, no, I'm not ill. I'm not tired. I'm fine. Just go. And having that. There's so much more to life than Netflix. Netflix will always be there for you. That I've spent the past probably four or five years doing that going home watching Netflix and now I'm like I'm so in love with London like I every time I come up here that's it my day is packed I've got (laughs) stuff in the evening I like I need to do all the things yeah I need to do all the things I need to stay up here I need to see my friends and I posted this on Instagram the other day and uh, Sapphire from the Coven said um, she reposted it and was like, this is the difference between me and Lucy. I would rather sit at home and watch Netflix and Lucy, <laughs> Lucy's like going out drinking every night. I'm like, yeah, because. Yeah, you get to meet people. I can't say no. That's my problem. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I can say no, but like I can't say no to a social occasion. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? And it's coming up to Christmas. So I know. It's going to be even more. Uh, so yeah, I think going back to the the idea of leaving your job is meeting people joining groups putting yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone saying no to the resistance that starts popping up and pushing through that if it scares you it's then it's good yes definitely if it feels wrong it's probably right yeah (laughs) (laughs) if it's like a gut feeling of being like oh this feels a bit i know it's hard to understand the difference between the wrong gut feeling but also something that just feels a little bit scary yeah but I think is worth trying out and seeing. It definitely is. Also, yeah. you learn from experiences like you could go to a networking event and be like, well, that was rubbish. I'm never going to that again. Yeah, exactly. But then like, don't let that put you off other networking events, for yeah. example. And watching other people's Instagram stories and seeing what events they're going to. And so I, I just screenshot so many things. I think going to events like that, actually, it's really, really um, good to go to when you're still in full-time work because they're after work yeah. and usually like they're in London there's loads of them yeah um, and whilst you're getting on. paid they're usually sort of five ten pounds and yeah when you're self-employed sometimes five to ten pound can feel like quite a lot of money yeah. so when you've still got that income trying to build up your community and as many contacts, contacts can, as possible yeah. is so so important and then yeah just the mindset thing around money that there was a few things I did. One was read that book called How to Be a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. I have a book for you. It's in my bag. <gasps> well, not that you can have, but I'm going to show it to you. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I haven't finished reading it yet. Okay. What is it? It's called Open Up, The Power of Talking About Money. <gasps> I've not it's seen that. That looks really, and it's really pretty. <laughs> really fantastic. Yeah. It's just, it's so well written. It's by Alex Holder. Um, it's very entertaining but also mm. educational it, so it basically talks about all the different areas of money in your life so um, so it basically talks about why why we don't like to talk about money yeah. and then it goes through all sorts of different topics so I'm at the moment I'm at let's talk money and relationships so basically mm. talks about like why we end up with people that have either similar upbringing to us or um, earn similar amounts or have a similar kind of way of thinking about money because you can't be in a relationship with someone where someone thinks one way about money and someone thinks the other because it's just never going to work out. Anyway, mm. there's loads of different sections, yeah. but um, it's really great. It also talks about Hindus, which I very much enjoyed because I actually got asked to pay for three different Hindus on pretty much the same day, the day before I went to LA. <gasps> Wow! I was like, please deposit £100 into my bank. I was like, no chance that's happening. <laughs> no. Thanks for asking, though. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think the money mindset thing is something that I would definitely recommend looking at if you're yeah. going to go self-employed because if you have to believe it's going to work or it won't work. Mm-hmm. And if you have, like, the tiniest seed of doubt that creeps in, you've got to shut it down as soon as possible because it will just suck you up like quicksand. And, yeah. Um, I also did this money and manifestation course um, with the Noble Business School, and that was okay. great. And I listened to this podcast, and this I always remember it. This girl just said, why would I want to get paid 12 times a year? And I was like, 
Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, why not? Like I could lie in bed sometimes and I'll wake up and I've got like so-and-so paid this into account or I'll be having lunch with my friends and it'll be like so-and-so has paid this into account and I keep all the notifications on to remind myself that money is still coming in you know even if you oh, don't see that. it every like on the 31st of every day every month yeah it's good Starling Bank is the one oh yes Zana said that a girl called Zana came on my podcast she said Starling Bank she just said it up yeah my Barclays kind of girl. <laughs> so I think you can set up notifications. Maybe yeah, probably. That. It's just good to remind yourself. That <laughs> tell me what's coming in. Coming. Don't tell me what's going on. <laughs> no, out. I don't. I don't have <laughs> notifications for what's going out. Um, that's funny. So you did a lot of, you looked into kind of money and mindset, mindset before. Yeah. Someone who's really great for that is, do you follow Chloe on Instagram? Chloe Slade. Yes, I've yeah. met her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went to her. Oh, and you're going to her event, aren't you? Yeah, I'm you're talking at it. Yeah, Apparently. I went to her last one. She was so inspiring. Yeah, she's really great at speaking. Also, Chloe's voice is so um, like calming. You just want to yeah. like, mm, fall asleep. I know. She's really good at talking about stuff like that. And she's actually been on my podcast talking about money mindset. Ah. I can't remember what episode, but if everyone scrolls back through, they can find it. Yeah, I've not listened to that one, so I'll definitely go back. Yeah, it's really fab. Yeah. Um... She's one of those people, you know, when you meet her in real life and you're like, you're actually as nice as you are on, on Instagram. <laughs> and it's such like a relief when you meet people like that. Like, oh, oh I hope you say that about me. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, no, she is. She is so fab. She's actually, I, can't, I think I met her two years ago. She's a good friend of mine. But yeah, she's she is fab. Yeah. She's got a lot of good stuff to say. Mm. Um. I guess that goes back to the kind of like community building thing, like finding yeah. people to follow that can kind of give you the right messaging and give you the right positive attitude yes. towards saying it's time to leave. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think another one, well, I think when you're in full-time employment, and I, I mean, a lot of my friends say to me like, oh, you know, how's everything going? Like, would you ever go back to full-time work or blah, blah, blah? I'm like, absolutely not. Um, and I think if you ask anyone who's set up their own thing, because it's a totally different lifestyle, like you've got total freedom. I mean, bear in mind this year, I went on two holidays when I first started up. I was going on holiday every month. I thought, this is great. <laughs> and the busier I've got, the less time I'm actually able yeah. to take off. But because I'm still in charge of my own time, mm-hmm. I can't ever imagine going back to work for I someone know. who goes, you'll be paid this set amount and you will take this much time off. Um, and for me, being told what to do is not an option. Yeah, I know. One of my friends messaged me the other day saying, oh, we're booking this holiday for next year. Can you come? I was like, yes. <laughs> and it was like a Saturday night or something. And all the other girls were like, we need to check with work on Monday. I was like, I don't. <laughs> I checked and she said yes. Yeah. I was like, it's not like that many times when this comes in handy about just, you know, being free for anything. But this is one of them and I'm going to gloat in it. Thank you. Yeah. One of the stories I always tell is when I left full-time employment, I actually knew when I was going to leave because I set myself a deadline. So I was going to try and find another job. My family had booked, um, my dad had booked um, our first family holiday in like a few years. Um, And we're going going to go sailing around the islands in Greece. And I was like, yeah, book it, whatever. Like, I'll just ask them on Monday, just book it because he wanted to book it then and there. And I went into work and they went, they went, no, no, you can't go on that holiday because you've got to do results for someone until four in the morning that during that week. And I went, okay. I was thinking, well, fuck you then. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I Greece. Will be, I will have <laughs> left by June, so don't you worry about that. Yeah. I was thinking, I went, okay. And they went, no, Lucy, you can't actually go on holiday. I was like, yeah, no, I said, okay. And they went, but you said you booked it. I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> and they were like, well, so what are you gonna going to do? I was like, here? I don't know. I'm going on holiday. And they were like, no, you no we're saying that you're not I was like I know yeah I know <laughs> in my head I was like I'm going I'm just not going to be here yeah um, that's how I like set my deadline to leave and then weirdly mm. like a month later I got my offer to work with um, Madeline Shaw who's a blogger so I was doing like two days a week for her when yeah. I first left um, so I guess like different for me because I kind of had I mean a lot of my clients are retainer anyway and that doesn't always work with yeah a lot of people um if you if you are a um, service-based business doing retainer can actually help you 
yeah, leave. I'm learning that. Yeah, <laughs> leave that full time job. You know, it's just it's kind of a bit more security. I mean, having a retainer actually is not always more secure, as I kind of learnt. Must have been towards the. It must have been a couple of years ago now. A couple of years ago, I lost two of my biggest retainer clients in the same month, and I thought, mm. oh shit. Yeah, because it's very easy to become reliant on them. But like you said earlier, when you start to feel comfortable, that's when it's time to get looking again. So if you get very comfortable with your retainer clients, you're like, oh, you know, not take them for granted, but just assume that the money's coming. Yeah. You've almost got to think they're not always going to be here. You know, I've got Exactly. To... And that's when I sort of changed everything and was like, okay, well, I can't just run people's social media anymore. Like yeah. if I want to grow this business, I can't just rely on retainer clients because mm. people constantly are coming in and out the door people want to trial it for three months for six months and then yeah. um, maybe they don't want to do it anymore and it's not because of anything you've done it's because maybe they've hired a full-time social media manager yeah um and that's when we started doing websites so I think obviously if people are thinking about leaving and doing retainers just mm. maybe have a little think about the other things that you can do yeah even if it is projects. a part-time job like yeah. I was on a decent salary in my old job and when I left I got a part-time job at Paper Chase which was like minimum wage and only four hours a week but so what would have that been like I don't know 50 quid a week or something but I was just like but but it's something yeah (laughs) yeah that's like a quarter of my bills for the month so it's something I was like I don't even care that I'm getting paid minimum wage and going from this to this it's something and so it's not like I'm going to nothing and I only lasted there two weeks but it helped helped me leave and I it made me almost realize like when I left and I was bringing in all right money on my own I was like no it's fine I don't need this but it was almost like a comfort blanket just to get me to leave so a couple of my friends who actually run quite successful businesses Mm. both of them have part-time jobs yeah and the reason that is is because they would rather pay other people to do their website market like marketing bits and bobs the bits that they're not good at they would rather pay someone to do that and pay other people to i don't know one of them does cake deliveries Mm. um she would rather pay riders to go and deliver the cake so she can work on new business development yeah and then she has a part-time job to kind of pay for everything else Mm -hmm. and actually that works really well for them I mean one of them's coming to the end of well sort of thinking about coming to the end of their kind of security blanket now and that's a really difficult thing because she's thinking well you know I could afford to pay myself but I don't really want to like I'd rather do some other stuff so but she's worried, obviously, about leaving that yeah. security blanket. But then once you leave, because I've also got another freelance job as well, and I'm hoping to leave that next year. I only do, like, two hours a week or something. Yeah. But, again, it's that security that... But it actually takes up quite a lot of my mental capacity because mm. I say it's two hours a week, but I check my emails for sort of 15 minutes a day, which yeah. has got nothing to do with what I'm doing with the consulting. And it's that mental drainage, I guess, of something that's taking yeah. your eye off the ball. So actually, when you stop it, yes, the money stops, but say it's say you get £500 a month from a freelance job on the side actually that's that might be one extra client that you need to get Mm. that could be one day and then it's done and it's all within the same bubble of what you're working on yeah so actually yes it's safety but it could actually take your eye off the ball and once you put it all your efforts into that one thing it can explode so yeah fingers crossed (laughs) i agree i'm uh, weirdly what you've just said resonated resonates with me in the way that i never outsourced a lot before this year mm. apart from my accountant oh yeah so on That's the other necessity. side <laughs> that is a necessity <laughs> for me anyway but on the other side of that I was then doing my bookkeeping myself yeah and the amount of time that I was spending on that or the amount of time that I actually wasn't spending on it <laughs> Yeah, more to the point. And then resulted in me having to make someone. <laughs> um, that is also taking up 
valuable time and also valuable headspace. Like I would worry about it. Yeah. Like daily. I would worry about it and think, I still haven't done it. Why have I not done it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You're so stupid for not doing it. Yeah. And it takes up a lot of mental capacity. And actually, when you're trying to build a business, the things that you're not good at, and I know to begin with, you actually, you know, you, a a lot of people do actually have to do everything. Mm. And that's fine. And I did that for many years. I'm coming up to five years now and I've only just outsourced my bookkeeping. Yeah. Um, But weirdly, as soon as I started outsourcing my bookkeeping my income of the business mm. went up yes which is i never thought would it's happen it's not a coincidence but it's not a coincidence no because i'm not spending the time thinking about that i'm spending the time actually working on getting new business yeah um so i think if you do go and kind of leave your job just think about the things um that you are good at mm. and the things that you can afford to outsource I yeah, mean, an accountant is actually necessary, but <laughs> yeah, a bookkeeper you can do you can do that by yourself. Mm. <laughs> if just you're... get a good spreadsheet template. Yeah, if you're good at that, um, <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment on my own personal skills. But, but saying that, I did actually buy a template for about ten pounds online, and it had so all the formulas in it. <laughs> that would have been a good thing to do. So even if you're not great at Excel, just buy a template. There's so many. If you go on Etsy or I think I bought one from Nesha Woolery, who's like a designer. Um, But she's a designer, but also helps other designers set up their businesses for them. Like um, Julia Day from Easy as VAT, like Easy as VAT. Um, She has one. So, yeah, there's lots of resources out there. So even if you can't afford to pay somebody to do it, you might be able to, like, plug that gap. And if you can't afford something like Xero... Yeah. Or QuickBooks because I mean that's ten pound a month versus ten pound for a ten for a template. Yeah, um, I know because again that's sort of like ten pound every month, and then I've got my Shopify which is like thirty pound every month, and then yeah. it, it all starts adding up. You're like, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean expenses do start to add up, so keeping a list of those to begin with, yes, is a good idea. And put them in the template that you buy. <laughs> put them in the template that you buy. Yeah, exactly. This podcast is not sponsored, so I thought what better way to help more businesses out than to shout out some amazing women doing some amazing things. This week I want to shout out Ellie Teague from LB Swim. LB Swim is a company that makes beautifully designed swimwear for girls aged 3 to 8. Their swimwear is designed here in the UK and ethically made in Bali using Econil, a regenerated nylon made from recycled ocean plastic. The LB story goes way back to Ellie's childhood where she grew up in and around water. She spent sunny days surfing, swimming or catching sicklebacks in streams. Fast forward to the present day and you can see how Lexi Bella swimwear was born. Over the years, Ellie spent so much time hunting for the perfect swimwear for her kids. She's always looked for something that's pretty, sassy which I can get on board with and that can stand up to the intense play that her children love. The fabric they use to make LB Swim is made from regenerated yarn produced by Econil. As a family they love the ocean so it was a natural choice to use a fabric that's made from recycled ocean plastic and landfill waste. Aside from its environmentally friendly aspects Econil is hard wearing, has a factor 50 SPF is chlorine resistant and sunscreen resistant. The material is buttery soft and completely luxurious while also allowing your little ones to splash around all day in comfort. During the starting stages of LB Swim, Ellie had done a lot of research into sustainable fabrics. The more research she did, the more she realized that working with a manufacturer that gives back to its workers and community was also going to be very important. So they ended up finding a fantastic factory in Bali which treats their workers really, really well. Many of their staff have been working with them for over 10 years and it's not difficult to see why. They're paid twice the legal working wage and more and the company also ensures that not only the workers have medical cover but their families do too. To see more LB Swim and find out more about their story you can visit their website lb-swim.co.uk or you can find them on social media at lbswimuk. I think it might be worth talking about kind of if you are thinking about leaving your job I think it seems being a freelancer running your own business seems very very glamorized and 
I think especially in the last year there's been a big shift mm-hmm. of people on Instagram going it's not actually that glamorous um Instagram is a highlight reel I think yeah. people do need to remember that and people going oh I'm now on the Forbes 30 under 30 list <laughs> yeah. and you're like why am I not on the Forbes 30 under 30 list or like I want I want to be on the Forbes 30 under 30 list but I can't because I work for someone else or because I'm too old <laughs> or because I'm over 30 yeah, yeah. Um, those sorts of things I think it is glamorized and it looks like everyone who runs a business or is a freelancer is kind of living their best life and living the yeah. high life but it's obviously not all fun and games. I mean, the highs are very, very high. And I've made this money. Me, me, yeah. me. It's all me. And I did it by myself. Yeah. But then when it's no money, you've got no one to blame. And you feel like shit. <laughs> yeah. So I say I left my job in September. Um, I had three months savings as well because that's what they say to do. And I'm like a nerd. So I did it. And but by end November, December, I'd spent it all like buying a website, getting my photos done, living, you know, like all this stuff. But I was investing it into the business, but some of it did have to go on my mortgage because it takes time to build up your client base. And uh, I woke up on January the 1st with like a really tight chest and was like, what have I done? You hung over. <laughs> no, I don't know if I was actually, I was just like. I've got no money. I've, I've spent it all. Like, I've spent the three months but, thing. But then it all came and it was fine. So, <laughs> but do you know what I think? When you run out of money, you're like, shit, I need to make some. Yeah, no one else true. is paying my way. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest... Mo- I mean, money is a huge motivator for me. Um, yeah, same. And I think when you don't have any, you're even more determined to make it work. Yeah. Um, Because you can't just you can't just live off nothing I mean Mm. it's impossible yeah and uh, going back to like the investing in yourself and in your business like I got a coach from day one because I didn't want to feel like I was doing it on my own and I wanted to be able to speak to somebody like a chatty person I didn't want to just be like I'm going to be sat in my bedroom on my own I don't want to be have like my dad as my mentor or something you know because again they're too close to you Um, and he's the only sort of self-employed person that I know really like but the other thing is is like they're not but you want to talk to someone that kind of understands what you're going through and like parents now yeah like he doesn't understand Instagram he doesn't understand fashion like all of that stuff so that was um I can't remember where I was going with it but just about investing in yourself and making sure that you understand the importance of that yeah having somebody guide you going back to the Facebook group thing when you are feeling the lows Mm. Facebook groups are great support network because you know you don't even have to write anything in there if you don't want to kind of explain what's going on but just watching because other people do fill in the same boat and I think it's really important to remind yourself of that I think you know when people are having low moments in their life whether that's you're feeling like your business is failing you're having you're going through a breakup um I don't know, perhaps you're going through an illness or something. I think it's really easy to get inside our own little bubble and think mm. this is I'm the only one this is possibly happening to. The world is gonna collapse. Like yeah. this is the worst possible thing ever. <laughs> but actually it's happened to a lot of people and it's happened to everyone. Yeah. Um and so I think it's about finding people that you can relate to or things that you can relate to mm. um, and chatting about it because the worst thing is when you're feeling awful is to just keep it in. Yeah. And I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> Same. Yeah. And that's why it's good as well to, yeah, have those people and the mentor to just go, is this normal? Or And sometimes you think you've come up with a really good idea, but if nobody else has done it, you think, is it... a a mental idea or have I lost my mind or is it actually because nobody's thought of it yet and being able to bounce your ideas off with somebody who's like 10 steps ahead of you is so valid like I would even at the point when I had like I'd spent all my savings I still made sure I prioritized that because I could see the um value in it yeah. I think on the other end of the scale as well as for people that have been doing this for a while make sure that you give back to the 
I like to give back to the people that are just starting out. So I get totally, I get yeah. messages on Instagram from people saying, "Oh, I, I hope you don't mind me asking this," and I, I totally understand if you're not going to reply. But I'm thinking of starting my own social media thing and marketing, blah blah. blah. Mm. Like, of course, you should go for it, like hundred yeah. percent. Like, I just think it's one of those things where a lot of people tend to think the people that do similar things to them are competitors when actually everyone's on their own path yeah. and you each bring a unique set of skills to any task at hand because mm-hmm. we are all unique people yeah. um, so I'm very much into helping other people who are starting out even if they're not doing marketing or social media or websites or whatever yeah. I think it's important to kind of encourage people and give them that um, you can do it yeah exactly <laughs> I think with that is also if you are that person and you're thinking of messaging somebody rather than saying can you give me some advice like go with a question because sometimes people go can you give me some advice on starting my business I'm like definitely what What do you you want want advice on (laughs) yeah (laughs) because I could sit here here for days um is it the fact that you're worried about confidence is it the fact that you don't know how to build a website is it like get specific with a question and because otherwise it's very very difficult to some people want to help you but it's very difficult to help if you're not specific with what you want to help on yeah i totally agree yeah so do you have any books and podcasts you would recommend for anyone how long have we got (laughs) i i'm excited to hear these i'm i feel like i'm just getting back into reading yeah i actually go through phases of reading good like business books and then going just like i need to read some absolute my trash books gather dust on my shelf i read a page i'm like mm, interesting let yeah. me just digest that for a couple of years i'll come back to you in a few i'll come years back time. to you yeah um one was called especially if you're a service-based business it's called oversubscribed um by daniel Priestley. that was amazing about how to get oversubscribed um then there was a simon sinek start with why i think everybody should read that yeah i feel like i bang on about it all the time but then i'll say it to somebody and they'll go no i've never heard of it and i'm like okay cool i still need to keep saying this yeah because what will happen is someone will come across a video by simon sinek on youtube YouTube, and then they'll fall into a deep hole of listening (laughs) for hours on end and they'll go, oh, he's got a book. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it just makes you understand. Like Again, I listen to some, I just listen all the time to anything and everything. But um, when you're selling something, you don't sell the sausage, you sell the sizzle. Oh. Uh, so it's not like selling the thing. It's the, the feeling that, that it creates around what you're selling. And that kind of links to Simon Sinek, Start With Why, about you don't sell. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Yeah, people don't buy from you because of what you sell. People buy from you because you're the one selling it. Yeah, exactly, of who you are. And like um, my brother-in-law said the other day, oh, I met my friend who's a buyer and she's um, just lost her job, so she's becoming a consultant. And I thought, oh, my God, Elizabeth does that. Maybe I should just tell you to, like, warn you. And I was like, thank you. But... Beware. (laughs) Someone else is doing what you do. And he was like, (laughs) and then I thought, should I introduce you? But then I was like, she won't want to speak to her. She'll give away all her secrets. And I was like, you can introduce me. It's absolutely fine. Like, I like meeting people. Um, and yeah. That's so funny. It's just mad how people's minds think. Um, so <laughs> I'm scrolling through my Audible and it's like, Harry Potter. <laughs> that didn't help. Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. That's a bit of a woo-woo one. And she, the the sort of idea behind that book is that you don't have ideas ideas find you and if they they're sort of like sat on your shoulder waiting to be executed and if you're if you don't execute them they'll go and get somebody else to execute them so rather than just having this idea and not doing anything with it like just fucking do it because somebody else will do it if you don't yeah i totally agree the Big Leap, like while we were talking about leaving your job, it's um, by Gay Hendricks. And that is all about thinking when something's really good, you're going to, it's almost like you hit a peak and you assume that it's going to be a tumble that comes afterwards. But actually, you can just keep going up and up and up and up and up. We're sort of like conditioned to think, oh, it's all going so well, something must be hiding around the corner. But then you pretty much end up manifesting that and dropping down. 
something just, is always hiding around the corner but it's not about what's hiding around the corner it's about how you, how deal, you deal with, with it. it yeah and Ain't just that the truth yeah not thinking oh this is the thing it was all going too well it's the end yeah. and just keep going up but it's a really good book to read if you are thinking about leaving your job yeah. one of the last things i want to talk about is um motivation yeah. and getting out of bed in the morning because <laughs> I think a lot of people struggle with it yeah when I first left my job I was like this is amazing oh my gosh I'm gonna wear pajamas all day <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be fantastic I don't have to wear any makeup and it's gonna be great and I did that for maybe three weeks yeah and uh, first I didn't get a lot of work done secondly I felt like a slob and I thought I don't feel motivated anymore like what have I done why have I left my job I can't believe I did that and then as soon as I one of my friends actually said to me the first thing she does in the morning when she wakes up when she works from home is put her shoes on what she gets ready and puts her shoes on because she said if you walk around the house barefoot and you're not ready for the day and you're not wearing your shoes it's not like if you're in an office you don't walk around your office in bare feet okay she said that it makes her feel like that's it I'm sat at my desk now and I've got my shoes on I could leave the house if I wanted to yeah I've got my shoes on and I'm ready to ready to work and then at the end of the day she takes her shoes off and I thought I'm gonna start getting ready for the day and I'm gonna see how that works out for me and every morning without fail so yes in the day before when I worked at home I get up every morning and I do exactly what I do before I go to London. Yeah. I wake up maybe a little bit later than yeah. usual. <laughs> Got to have a little line. So like... Of course we need some benefits. Yeah. <laughs> so, at, so I wake up at 7.30 instead of... Oh God, I wake up at 6 o'clock this morning. Um, have a shower, get ready, do my hair, put some, put some makeup on and then I'll go and sit down and start working. Mm. And I just think it makes me feel way more motivated and it makes me feel... Um, like I'm actually achieving something and I weirdly I don't know why I think it's probably just a mindset thing but I think if you're I mean we all have like kind of slobby Sundays where we just don't like leave the house or do anything don't put any makeup on but by about four o'clock you're a bit sad (laughs) exactly and I think you get the same sort of feeling and I don't know why but I think it's just it makes you feel good about yourself like just Mm. even if it's not putting makeup on not everyone wants to wear makeup but like just getting yourself ready making yourself feel good like Mm. however whatever that means to you and then starting a work day at nine o'clock or nine thirty or ten but in the morning (laughs) start in the morning well if you're not some people aren't morning people I know yeah. people that start work at lunchtime and will work until three in the morning yeah and I'm like that's good for you I'm not a night out by about no, I'm five not. o'clock I'm like done. no I'm over this I'm done yeah. I unless get- I have a break like after lunch sometimes I'll eat my lunch and my lunch hour will go on for like four hours and I'll go around my mum's <laughs> and <laughs> go to M&S and like mooch like, about oh. and then I'll come home at about five and I've got sort of like that second wind yeah. to go from like five till nine but that's the benefit of doing it is that you kind of work to and listen to your body like if you're if you want your lunch break to go on a bit longer that's fine as then and you're feeling a bit sluggish you've got to you've just got to get it done yeah and kind of working with your rhythms because I can literally wake up and turn my computer on and start typing like I'm awake it's fine but yeah after lunch I'm useless by about five I'm pretty much useless unless I've had a break um, and it used to annoy me that I had to wait until nine o'clock to start working in my job because actually I'd lost sort of two two and a half hours of productive time of my day and it was stupid <laughs> yeah I yeah. get that um, yeah commuting takes up so much time yeah Sometimes I think that when you're not feeling motivated and you're thinking I'm just having a bit of a rubbish day, like I'm just not feeling it today. One thing I was taught by um, uh, a lady called Alison, who's actually been on my podcast. Um, she is a very successful entrepreneur in her own right and has actually sold her business. Um, but she told me that if you're having a bad day, the best thing you can do is just n- not work. Yeah. Just, just don't do it because 
you won't be productive mm-hmm. and actually things can start to go wrong yeah definitely and then you can get frustrated at yourself and then you will end up just having the worst day the best thing you can do is live life to just the fullest leave that it alone. day yeah. go and do something for you I don't know just get your nails done get your nails done <laughs> have an extra few hours in bed um mm. Maybe that's the day to watch Netflix. Yeah, catch up on some Netflix. You yeah, know, just do like just do whatever you feel that you need to do that day. Wipe the slate clean the following day. Wake up and like get going because I just yeah. think there's no point in beating yourself up if you're feeling not good because yeah. at the weekends your headspace will actually be taken up by work anyway. So you're getting even though you think you're getting more free time by working for yourself, actually, you're really not. Mm, Yeah, and I think people can read your vibe as well. I don't know if you've ever had this when you're writing captions on Instagram and you're like, oh, I don't know what to write. Um, Maybe I should just write about this. Let's write about this. And then the post does really badly. Yeah. And you're like, I knew that would do badly. But it's people can read your energy even for it's like emails or messages or whatever but then you might see something or have a conversation with somebody that day and like oh my god i need to share this blah blah blah. it gets reshared it goes mental does really well it does really well and it's that same if whether it's an instagram caption or an email or a meeting or whatever people can see it and you're representing your brand so yeah totally if you're not feeling it just take a break and start again yeah just going back to that social media thing I always say to people post a passion or not at all and if you yeah. if you go to post something and you don't feel passionate about it and you're posting it just for the sake of it stop it just just don't do it you don't need to post every day no. wait until you're feeling more passionate and also with captions if you use like a planning app for Instagram for example I would always write captions when you're feeling good, inspired by something. Yeah, and you can always tweak them like to be relevant yeah. to that day or yeah. something you've done that week. Or, But yeah, totally. Just I like that. Post with passion or not yeah. at all. Post with passion. I, I don't actually think I made that up, but I'm just going to roll with it and yeah. say I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. I'd not heard it before. Oh, thanks. Um, okay, so at the end of every episode, I ask people two questions. The first one is what is one app that you couldn't run your business without i feel like everyone's going to say this but google drive no you had that before no i think possibly yeah everything is on there and somebody showed me how to use it and i was like (gasps) because you know how normally or back in the 90s or whatever you just save to desktop save to desktop you save everything to desktop yeah if you save it to Google Drive, you can access it anywhere. It's like a desktop on a cloud. Yeah. So if you're on holiday or you and you can do like live things as well. So if we had an Excel sheet or something and I started typing oh, yeah, it and you you're in see. Bali, you can watch me type it. Yeah. It's like magic. Yeah. Becky and I do that together. It's, yes. It's great. I actually don't. I've got Word on my laptop, but I don't use it. I use, no, I only use Word on Google Docs because not only can you access it anywhere... I've now got Sheets, Google Docs, and... The slides. The slides on my phone. And that's really useful for me because we do a lot of our social media planning and Mm. sharing with clients in Google Docs. So we create the plan there. And then, say, for example, I don't know, yesterday, we didn't have some certain hashtags on the end of a post. So then I just went into Google Drive, went into the document on my phone rather than having to get my laptop out. And just paste it directly. Yeah, it's so good. And in fact, I probably should use Google Drive more because I actually pay for Dropbox as well. Oh, no. Yeah. I pay for both. But, you know, I just find Dropbox is a lot easier to use. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes it does take a little bit of getting used to. But once you start colour coding it and making folders and everything, Google Drive is the one for me. Oh, God. Yeah. You, However, you, I don't like Gmail. Really? No. Ooh, I've got Outlook. I know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a big statement. <laughs> Someone I sit next to in Soho House said to me the other day, he went, Lucy, I watch every day and I watch you log in to Google Drive on your desktop. And I just think, like, why would you use, why would you do your emails on your desktop when there's applications that are actually built for that? And I'm like, because Gmail is built for that. <laughs> he was like, no, no, you can use Apple Mail because it's it's actually built for that. I was like, I am not using Apple Mail. No, no chance. And also, it's none of your business. Like, I, like, I will do my emails however I got yeah. done. Please, the thank best you, way Tom. to get it done is the way it gets done. Somebody said, yeah, yeah, it does. It doesn't best matter way. how you do it as long as it gets done. It's fine. Yeah, unless someone is doing it badly and <laughs> yeah, and wasting hours. <laughs> exactly. Can you share an inspiring quote or quote that you live by? 
I wrote it down because it's a bit of a long one. Oh, okay, yes. Um, it's actually something that I thought of when I was younger. Like, all my friends would always be worrying about things that they can't change. And I saw this quote that's actually um, from Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> and it says, worrying is stupid. It's like walking around with an umbrella waiting for it to rain. Oh, that yeah. is true. So just... Basically, don't concern yourself with things that are out of your control. Very apt. Yes. As well. I love that. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) I'll remember that one. I don't worry often, but when I do. No, but people do. And they they worry about things that they can't control the outcome of. Mm. And it is such a drain on your energy. And just use your energy elsewhere, if possible. Love it. And that's very true as well for if you're worrying about leaving your job yeah just focus on the bits that you can change and start small and grow from there perfect well thank you so much for joining me today thanks for having me where can we find you please tell us i'm at elizabeth styles uk on instagram and it's s-t-i-l-e-s yeah not elizabeth styles as in elizabeth styles the nation (laughs) yeah exactly or like harry styles it's not like that um and it's elizabethstyles.co.uk and i've got a podcast called the fashion feed and a facebook group because they did so good to me which is also called the fashion feed everything's called the fashion feed oh that's cool easy okay awesome well thank you so much and if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and you can find me at Lucy Hitchcock underscore or at Sassy Digital for lots of marketing tips and tricks. Thank you so much.